Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me, we're making our way through 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, picking up in verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, the title of our message is The Word, The Word. The Word of God is so important for all of us. Uh, As believers, uh, it should be in the center of everything that we do, the Word of God, God's Word. The early church, as we're going to look at, the church in Thessalonica, they understood the importance of the Word of God. They, They grasped it. They held on to it. They embraced it. We're going to talk about that. Uh, as was mentioned, VBS that just went on this past week, it was phenomenal. I mean, it was just beyond anything I ever expected. I want to, if you can with me, let's thank all the, the volunteers. We had over 100 volunteers helping us. So thank you for your, your help, all you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, uh, but the center of the whole thing, the VBS, Vacation Bible School, was the Word of God, the Word of God. And I was able to watch the Word of God transform these little lives, and we're going to talk about that. But it's important, and I pray you know, the church, us, believers, the, the, the Word of God, I believe when we get to heaven, let me put it this way, when we get to heaven, we're going to be probably shocked how powerful the Word of God is, because Jesus is even called the Word of God. So with that being said, if you could please stand with me, and I'm just going to read these few verses here. So 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. I'll read to verse 16. Paul the Apostle writes to this very young church in Thessalonica, and he says, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you, who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your, country, your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans, who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us. And they do not please God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles, that they may be saved." So, as always, to fill up the measure of this, their sins, but the wrath, excuse me, but wrath has come upon them to the, can we say that together? Uttermost. Uttermost. Lord, this is a great reminder that you will deal with your enemies, those that hate you, those that are evil. But Lord, again, bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. I want to summarize verses 14 to 16 because I want to take all of our time focusing in on one verse, verse 13, because there's so much there. So verses 14 to 16, basically Paul the Apostle is speaking to this young church that he started, and now he's in Corinth, he's writing them a letter, but he's, he's commending them that they're standing up against persecution. He, he's commending them and reminding them that you're not the only ones going through a difficult time. Those in Judea are being, going through heavy persecution. You see, during this time that Paul's writing this, uh, persecution on Christians were, were very heavy. And they tried to restrict Christianity. But this church, this young church, was standing for truth. So Paul's commending them, saying, good for you guys. The word of God's important to you. You're still, you know, you're not being intimidated. You're still going forward. So he's commending them and reminding them that God will deal, if you notice that at the end, God's going to deal with the enemies. 
And I kind of, I, in, in my own thoughts here, thinking about what's been going on these last two and a half, three years or so, the deception, the, the, the whole craziness of everything's going on, I believe God's put it in our hearts that we, we want justice, don't we? I, I know I do. I want justice. I want things to be just. I want things to be right, right? So this is a reminder for us even that God will deal with the enemies, those that are wicked, those that are evil. God's going to deal with them. His wrath will be upon them, and hopefully they'll turn so they, they don't have to go through the wrath of God. But again, I want to focus in on, so that summarizes for, uh, verses 14 to 16. So I want to just focus in on one verse, but before we do that, I want to, as we talk about the Word of God, I love what Ronald Reagan said. He said, within the cover of the Bible are the answers for all the problems of, all the problems men face. Isn't that awesome? So great quote. I believe that. So we're going to look at this wonderful, powerful verse, verse 13, a little closer. So he says, for this reason, we also... now." Please don't lose this. Paul's talking to this young church, and he says, for this reason, we also thank God without, can we say that word out loud? Ceasing. In other words, he's saying, I can't stop thanking God for you guys. But then it says exactly why. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the, can we say that together? The word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Paul's saying that I thank the Lord that you guys get it, that the Word of God is not the, the, the Bible. It's not just men speaking. It's God speaking. Do you guys realize that? Do you realize the book that you have on your lap or on your tablet or on your phone? Do you realize it's God that speaks through the Word of God? It's God breathed. So they're getting it, but he's, he's commending them because it says that they welcome it. So, so let me, with that, I just want to say, we should always be eager. So the first point I'd like to make with this, to embrace the word of God. So we should always be eager to embrace God's word. So we should, uh, and I, I pray we get that. I, I want to look a little closer of what that even means. So the word that they use welcomed it. So they welcomed it. That word, and the definition of that word means they readily, they received it readily. Listen, they accepted it. They embraced it. But they also made it their own. So, so get this, the, the Word of God was being taught through Paul and Silas, and they were like, this is God's Word. This is God speaking to me. They embraced it. They said, this is for me. Do you, you ever go to a Bible study and you're listening to it, it's like, oh, I wish so-and-so was here. They really need to hear that word. <laughs> and sometimes we have to get our, our focus off of these people that need it. Like, no, no, God, for me, what do, what do I need? That's what they realize. This, this is God speaking right to me. When the Bible is going forth, do you realize it's God that's speaking right to us? And sometimes we don't hear. They embraced it. Back to VBS was so, so, so awesome. Jen Himmler told me, like, I believe it was the first day that she was talking to one of the young kids that were here, and she didn't recognize him, so she just wanted to talk to him. And, and I, I mentioned this on Tuesday night, so if you're here on Tuesday night, just go to sleep right now. So, it says, but she, so she asked this little boy, she's talking to him about you know, God, and he literally just looked up at her and says, who's God? He never heard there was such a thing of God. The parents never taught him that there's such a thing as God. And so, you know, she was sharing with him, and then she was watching him. Listen to this. Throughout VBS, Vacation Bible School, he was hanging on every word. When the Bible, he was just like, he wanted to know more about who God is at his young age. 
And then they gave him a Bible and he, he literally took the Bible and he placed it over his heart and he wouldn't let go. He wouldn't let anybody take it because he realized, he was told, this is God that's speaking to me. And he was just embracing it. That's this word. Realizing, embracing that that's what they did. This young church embraced it. I believe sometimes we need to be more like these little kids. Embracing God speaking to us. It's his word. So check it out. It's the same exact word. Remember Simeon? uh, When Jesus was just an infant, when Jesus was a baby, there was a man named Simeon. Remember that? He was a godly man. He was a devout man. He served the Lord. He sought the Lord. But he was told that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. Did you know that? And remember when Jesus was getting dedicated, as Jesus was getting dedicated, he saw the Christ child. He saw Jesus, and it says according to, so as he was there uh, uh, to be dedicated, it says he took him. That's the same word. In other words, he took this child, and he just embraced this child, and he realized that this is the Messiah that he was holding. And he says, he says so he took him up in his arms, same word. So is it, think of this. He's holding the word of God, and he's embracing the word of God. Jesus is known as the word of God. Matter of fact, in my devotional time, I love how God does this. I'm in Revelation chapter 19, verse 13, tells us when Jesus Christ comes back the second time, it says his robes will be dipped in blood because it's not his blood this time, it's the enemy's blood, right? But it says, and his name is called the word of God. Simeon's embracing the word of God and he was told he's not gonna die until he sees the Messiah. So he's looking at his savior Doesn't that blow your mind? And this is what he said. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. He says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. As he's holding the word of God, embracing, same word. I think of my father-in-law, and I've shared this before, but my father-in-law out in Scotland, when we received a call that he was dying, and so we, he prayed to receive Christ just before, you know, like two and a half weeks before he died. But, but all he wanted, his last living days, all he wanted was the Bible being read to him. And I literally, I, I'm not even exaggerating. I would read for hours and hours. I'm just reading the Bible, the Bible. And then so finally, my wife says, you know, he, he used to love to watch TV. He watched it all the time. He never stopped watching television. So we just asked, you know, do you want to watch TV? He goes, no, read to me. So literally, I've shared this before. I'm reading for hours and reading, and then I have to get up and you know use the restroom. And so I waited for him to fall asleep, and I'd set the Bible down, and I'd, I'd go to the door, but he'd hear me click open the door, and he'd wake up, and he'd literally, uh, the first words out of his mouth, Joe, read to me. And I would get sit back down. I moved around a lot in my chair, though. It was like, but listen, he got it. He understood this is God speaking to him. And when he heard the part about baptism, he said, baptize me. And right on his deathbed, before he died, I got to pour the, you know, a large, big old cup full of water over his head. I wanted him to do this, the shaking thing that's getting out of water. And he just, he was, he was, you know, shaking like this. But check this out. This is how much God used it. So here, out of obedience, he's hearing about being baptized. And so the, the priest was there. His priest was there. So his priest was there. And, and so I told his priest before he got baptized, I said, so I'm going to baptize Daniel. And he goes, well, wasn't he baptized as an infant? And instead of, you know, getting upset, which I didn't do at all, I said, well, think through this for a minute. I said, we don't see, nowhere in the Bible, infant baptism, do we? And he goes, no. And I said, even Jesus was an adult when he was baptized, remember? He goes, yeah. And throughout the Bible, if you read throughout the Bible, it says they believed and were baptized. They believed and were baptized. He goes, wow. And he's like, that makes sense. This is a Catholic priest. 
but it's the word of God. Working in Daniel's life, all he wants is the word of God, but seeing the results of, of the word of God at work, and so it's a powerful thing, God's word, as we embrace it. The psalmist, Psalm 119.11 says, the, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not do what? that I might not sin against you. That just taking his word. Listen, as we, we, we realize, wait, this is God speaking, but then the, the word of God is we're going to look at. It's implanted in our hearts, but what can happen, listen, the Bible talks about this. The cares of the world can choke it out. Deceitfulness of riches can take it away. Sin can rob us and take away the word of God. And so it's so important that we realize that we, we hide it in our heart. In other words, we guard it in our heart. We were like, no, I'm not going to let anything take this away. This is God speaking to me. I know it's real. And don't let anything rob that from you. Have you ever listened to a, a Bible study before in a teaching and you're like, wow, that really spoke to me? And then you tell someone, ah, oh, yeah, I just listened to a Bible study. It was really good. And then they ask you, well, what did you learn? And you're like, oh, well, Okay, I learned, um, wait, it's, well, it, was, it was so good. It was, uh, wait, what, okay, we were in uh, the Gospel of John, right? Well, what chapter? Uh, hold on a second, let me think. <laughs> no, the psalmist says, thy word I have kept in my heart. I've guarded it in my heart that I might not sin against you. Paul, writing to young Titus, talking to him about what the qualifications are for a minister. But I believe, even in this passage, this is for a minister, but I believe this is for all of us as believers. Talking about the word of God, he said, he told him that the qualifications are those that are holding fast the faithful what? Word. God's word. Holding fast. It means to cling to. So the qualifications for a good minister, they have to cling, cleave to the word of God, right? The faithful word. But listen why. As they've been taught, so when they, they're taught, don't let anything come in and, and take it away. That he may be able by sound doctrine teaching both to exhort. I love this. Check this out. Exhort means to build up. So the word of God, he needs to know the word of God. Why? To build up those that need to be built up in their faith, but also to convict those who are contradicting. So in one hand, the word of God, is, as it goes out, okay, convicts those that are sinners, those that are, are not saved, but yet, on the other hand, building up the body of Christ. And so the importance of knowing the word of God, keeping the word of God, guarding the word of God in our hearts. And then he goes on, commending them, he says, but as it is the truth, the word of God, so they get that, which also, can we say that word together? Effectively works in you, who believe. This word effectively means to put forth power, mighty, to work effectively, to be effective. So Paul, the apostles telling them, I've seen it work in your lives. It's, it's working effectively in your lives. So the second point I'd like to make, the word of God can give us victory when we are tempted. And it's powerful. Tuesday night after the Bible study, as I was talking to different people, I met a young man and he wanted to rededicate his life to Christ. And so then he started telling me what happened. He says, you know, do you remember me? And I said, yeah, I look familiar. He says, well, I used to go to the church a long time ago. And, and he's, I won't get into the personal things that he told me. And he says, oh, but it's been a long time. And he says, but, you know, I want to rededicate my life. And so listen to this. His friend brought him, right? And his friend says, hey, pastor, tell him that you and I never talked about him. I says, what do you mean? He says, well, he was sitting in the service listening to the message. He kept giving me these bad looks. <laughs> and I go, why? And he says, well, he thought that I met with you and told him all about what he's going through. 
And I said, no, I, we didn't meet and talk. And he says, I know, I told him that. And he says, once he found out, listen to this, once he found out that I didn't tell you everything, he started weeping through the whole service because he knew it was God speaking right to him. That's the power of God's word. God's word is powerful and it keeps us from temptation. It can give us victory when it comes to temptation. It's, it works effectively. I've seen God's word work effectively in my life. I've seen God's word work effectively in other people's lives. And, and so do we realize that it works effectively? Do we realize that when sin comes that we have the word of God? Remember Jesus when he was tempted he was, went into the wilderness. It said that he was fasting for 40 days, right? So he didn't, he didn't eat anything for 40 days. Now, I find it fascinating. So it first, it says he was baptized. So then the dove came upon him. So they went from the dove. Then it says that he was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, right? And then the devil came and he was tempted, right? So we, here he is tempted. And you guys know this in Matthew chapter four. And it says, after he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, after he was, it says afterwards he was, can we say it out loud? This is God in the flesh, but he was hungry. Now when the tempter, that's the devil, came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, I believe that the better translation is since because he knows that he's the son of God. So since you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And remember what Jesus did. First thing he said. So it says, and he answered and said, it is written, the Bible, man shall not do what? Live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every temptation he had, you know this, it is written. It is written. I don't believe at all it was for Jesus, to tell you the truth. He's God in the flesh. It was for us. For what? To teach us to know the Bible, that when we're tempted, it is written. But notice, listen to this. You need to apply the Word of God. Don't, don't think just because you know the Word of God, you can quote the Scripture and say, oh no, it is written. Like Jesus, he quotes the scripture, right? He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But then he didn't, after, you know, the tempter left, he didn't say, well, that's a good suggestion, though. And he started, then he makes the stones into bread and he starts eating it. No, no, he applied the word of God. We're not just to hear it. We're not just to quote it. But the application is so powerful. When we apply the word of God, there is such power in applying the word. I had a lady come to me years ago, many years ago, and she was... Real serious, she goes, Pastor, I want to let you know something. She says, I sleep with my Bible every night. And I said, that's beautiful. And she says, yeah. She goes, I put it next to my heart, and I go to sleep, and I, I sleep with it. I said, that's great. So you read your Bible every night? She goes, no, I don't read the Bible. <laughs> I thought she was joking, and she wasn't. She goes, I just feel safe with the Bible in the bed with me. And I, and I feel protected because the Bible. And I said, that's great. But I said, you really should try reading it. <laughs> because it's going to help you even more. She goes, really? And it's like, I, yeah, really. You should really and apply it. The application is so important, not that we can just quote the scriptures. We're talking about the word of God, Psalm 19.10 says, moreover to be desired than they than gold. That's the Bible, the word of God. Yea, the much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb, the Bible. Moreover by them your servant is what? Warned by what? By the scriptures you're warned. Don't go that way. Stay clear from that. And in keeping them, there is what? That's applying. That's application. When you apply it, great reward. You guys know this. Hebrews, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful, 
sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. It's the discerner of the thoughts, the intents of the heart, the word of God. It's, it's living. It's, it divides between soul and spirit. Your soul is your mind and your thoughts, your personality. The, your, the spirit is the, how we communicate with God. Our spirit bears witness with his spirit that we're children of God. I connect on a spiritual level with God. So what it's saying, listen, is the word of God will discern what's right and wrong. You might think something's good. You might, you know, I've had people say, well, pastor, I know it was from God because I had goosebumps all over my body. And that's good. Sometimes we'll have that. You know, it's just be the, the, the you know, minister to us. We'll have goose. But my point with this is don't go on the goosebumps. It has to line up with the word of God. And sometimes it'll be so powerful, you'll have goosebumps. You're like, wow, this is God. But it has to line up with God's word. We can be fooled. Make sure it's his word. Make sure it lines up. His word is powerful. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper. Did you notice this then? Any two-edged sword? Do you realize the power that the word of God has? Any two-edged sword? God's word. In my life, before Christ, before I became a Christian, I knew something was missing. Hopefully you're all like that, right? Was there, before you became a, a believer in Jesus Christ, it's like, I know there's something wrong. There's something missing in my life. I had success. I had, you know, all kinds of things. I had, you know, good career. I had cars. I had whatever I wanted. I had a lot of things that whatever I wanted, I was able to obtain it. But I knew there was something missing. So I would, you know, I went to counselors a couple times. I went to psychics a couple times. I went to a hypnotist once or twice and tried to get hypnotized. Someone says, oh, you need to be hypnotized. They bring up your past and you get all this stuff. So I'll try anything. So I, I try, I've shared this before. And literally, it's like, it's so empty. And I remember just that. I'll never forget because it's just crazy. I'm sitting on the table and the, the hypnotist is saying, okay, close your eyes. What do you see? And I said, nothing. <laughs> and then this is how crazy it is. She goes, well, let's go with that. And I was like, go with what? There's nothing. <laughs> like, and then she goes, well, just, you know, just keep looking and keep looking. I was like, and then I saw like a little dot or whatever because the light was on. And she's like, okay, there's a light. Well, yeah, let's follow that. I'm like, I'm laying there thinking this, I'm going to pay this lady for telling me this garbage. But let me tell you, as soon as I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I opened up the Bible and I realized that God was speaking right to me, instantly I said, this is what I'm looking for. This is truth. This is real. This is God speaking to me. Amen. As we're talking about the Word of God, I believe we're living in a day where we're starving for good teaching of the Word of God in the world, in our country. And I believe it's so dangerous when we don't have the Word of God and we're not rightly dividing the Word of truth. And what happens is everybody will just do what's right in their own eyes and we just start making stuff up. And that's scary when you see. And I believe we're at such a point where people are just, just making all this stuff up, but it's against the Word of God the great reset they're talking about. And so here we have this Klaus Schwab's advisor. This guy, do you ever, we've looked at him before. I'm gonna play a little clip here. This uh, Yuval Harari, I think his name is, something like that. But this guy's Jewish. This guy is very smart. He's like their advisor. So you got that going on. This is what happens when there's no Bible in society. Then you have this, you've got, so this Dems introduce a bill to fund abortion around the world now with foreign aid. 
So it's not good enough that they're going to fight to try to get it, you know, in every... I think I shared it last week or the week before. So they're wanting to, because of... uh, there's states that do not have, where states are going to stand and say, no, we're not going to have abortion in our state. So they want to use federal waters so the states can still do abortions on federal waters. But now that's not good enough. So we want to kill babies all around the world. They want to use our taxpayer money. So everybody does what's right in their own eyes. Why? Because they don't know the Bible. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.